0: Yes, we're still in the book of Mark. Gospel of Mark, uh, the shortest of the four gospels, and uh, yet one that is just uh, replete with so many important things, so many applications of the life and doings of Jesus and the reason he came. And uh, so this morning, we continued the series, and uh, today, we're going to finally come to the end. Today's passage is... Uh, constitutes the other end of the uh, bookend, if you will, the, of the Markin hinge, what I've referred to and others have called the Markin and hinge. And that's basically, again, the that which holds the first part and second part together, the spine, that's the hinge. But it's that actually almost two chapters long, uh, basically going from eight and ending up here today in chapter 10, verse 52. And then next week we'll be on the last half of the book, which is all about what Jesus came to do in going to Jerusalem to accomplish our salvation. And so our scripture reading this morning, you may follow along in your Bible or in a few Bible or in your device Uh, or on the screen at your convenience. Uh, Our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Hear the word of the Lord. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, sorry, and Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Take heart. Get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The grass withers, the flower fades, but God's word is always going to remain. Let's ask his blessing upon it now. Father, again, we ask for your help for the comforter, the companion you promised us in the person of the Holy Spirit that would come and illumine all things to us and help us understand the truth as it is in Jesus. Father, we would ask again that you would not leave us to ourselves, but Lord, rather in your hands and following you. Lord, give us understanding today. And, Father, if there is a place where salvation needs to visit in the heart of a boy, girl, or man, or woman today, let this be the day that you open blind eyes spiritually, just as you did for blind Bartimaeus. Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Blind faith. Ever heard that name? Well, they were a group in the 1960s, a British blues rock group featuring none other than Steve Winwood, formerly of traffic, by the way, and Eric Clapton and Ginger Baker, formerly of Cream, uh, and then this guy named Rick Gretch. Now, they were anticipated to be by everyone with that kind of talent. They were going to be the next supergroup. They were going to be the group of groups. When you put all those assets together like that, that much talent—former jazz musicians—in the case of Clapton and um, and Baker, uh, Steve Winwood, organ player and a church—I mean, it, it just this just had to be great. It's going to be so exciting. And matter of fact, they named themselves. Eric Clapton decided to name themselves Blind Faith because everybody thought this band is too big to fail. It cannot do anything but have great success. It just had blind faith behind it. Could not go down. <laughs> but I think Eric Clapton was a little bit sarcastic. He wasn't quite so sure that it was going to, to the heights that everybody else thought. And after one self-titled album and a tour, the tension in the band was so great, they broke up and basically drifted into the dustbin of rock and roll history. Now, today, we read about someone who has faith that was not blind, not at all, although he was. Literally, he was blind, but he wasn't blind spiritually because of what Jesus did for him and having mercy on him, Jesus remember is now journeying, journeying now, and by the way, I wanted to mention this going to do that guy, Bartimaeus, this guy that we 're going to be talking about today, he is remembered still not only then but to this day, obviously in the pages of mark 's gospel, but in the early church. He apparently became. He's the only person in Mark's gospel that was named. That Of all that Jesus did, he was the one that was given his name. And that's because he would go on to play a role in the early church. Because he would be remembered for his faith. Now, as I said, Jesus is journeying towards Jerusalem. He is absolutely resolute. Uh, Let me try to give you, yeah, if you can see up there, a little picture. You see at the arrow, way up the top, Caesarea Philippi is where this whole thing started. That's where Jesus was. Started coming down to the Galilee region. There you see on the left, Chorazin, Capernaum. And then they went on this side, between there and Nazareth. And then they would have taken the route of not going through Samaria, although Jesus did on another occasion. But they went on the other side of the Jordan and through Pella, a Gentile region, and then came across the Jordan into Jericho. And then from there, Jericho up the steep hill mountain about 18 miles away to Jerusalem. That's where Jesus' destination was taking him. That's where he was going. But today, he is going through Jericho. Now, what's our outline for today? Pretty simple. The person, the plea, and the pronouncement. The person, who is this guy, Bartimaeus, the plea that he makes, and the pronouncement that Jesus makes. All right, let's look at the person first. Before we do that, though, we're going to take a look at something called the place. Remember, I just, you already heard me say Jericho several times. Let's talk about Jericho for a minute. Just think about it. Jericho is a very interesting place it 's a place at the time when Jesus came through it. It had an old city and a new city the old there was an old Jericho but then under the uh, the basically the I guess you'd call them the underlings of the Seleucid dynasty, the Greek uh, Hellenistic dynasty. The Seleucids control that region. And they then kind of sublet it out, if you will, to the Hasmoneans. And the Hasmoneans, um, ultimately, that's where you get Herod coming through. And Herod the Great builds up and basically builds, helps, helps, Uh, expand the Hasmoneans project of the new Jericho so you have an old Jericho and a new Jericho but it's very strategically located in terms of coming out of the desert and it was a place that had abundant oasis of trees and huge palm trees and it was a place in which you could get refreshing from the long hot journey especially if you were going on pilgrimage to the feast of Israel in Jerusalem and guess which one was coming up the Feast of Passover, the biggest of them all, the Day of Atonement, all, the, the roads were just filled. And here was Jesus, resolute, going through, uh, through Jerusalem. Now, like I can say, it was, it, was it was a wonderland oasis, but Jesus didn't stop for a spa. He didn't take a break. He didn't go on a little mini vacation. He was resolute. He was heading for Jerusalem. Up about 3,500 um, feet higher than where they was in the bottom in the uh, Jordan Plain. When they say go up to Jerusalem, they, that's exactly what they're talking about, literally and physically going up. Now, this was, as I said, this was not the time for anything but continuing to press on for Jesus' mission. And yet, as he's leaving the city... He passes by a beggar, a blind beggar to be specific. Look again, listen at verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was setting by the roadside. Now, by the way, this particular beggar was well positioned. He knew exactly where to get himself so that he would get the most traffic. He got right on the road, coming out of Jericho, going up to Jerusalem, and at a particular apex point probably, that's where he did his professional begging, hoping that he would get some kind of alms. And so he was positioned just perfectly so when Jesus came by or anyone else of significance he hoped to have an impact now according to mark this guy's name is Bartimaeus which simply translates in Hebrew as the son of Timaeus so his dad was Timaeus and thus he is bar the son of Timaeus Um, uh, by the way uh, most of you know what a bar mitzvah is right You know what a bar mitzvah is. It's that Jewish ceremonial rite that recognizes a boy is is a son of the covenant. He's passed into into a new standing. He's the son of the covenant. And every Jew knew this. So now the question is this. Why did Mark put this in here? Every Jew knew this. But remember, who was Mark writing to? Who was he writing to? Gentiles, specifically the Romans. They wouldn't have had any idea what what Bartimaeus, how do you break that down as far as the name? But here is again a specific detail that Mark gives us. Now, the second part here, Jesus walks by this man and he is hoping that somehow someone would do something good for him. Now, Bartimaeus in verses 47 through 48, he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming. We don't know how somebody, but it was certainly wherever Jesus at that point went, notice it said the great crowd that was with him as he was walking along through Jericho, just kept Still, popularity was great up until this point. Soon, he'd be in the triumphal entry, which is the next thing that Mark marks in his gospel. So the crowds are still thronging with Jesus. And yet, somehow, somebody must have told Bart that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. And so he was, had been tipped off, if you will. And so Bartimus is going to try and make his best pitch, his best plea when Jesus gets there. And he probably, maybe, how did he know exactly when Jesus was coming? He probably just heard the the crowd getting louder and louder and more and more foot traffic and people calling out and maybe other people saying something to Jesus. And he thought, this is the time to turn it on and make my plea. Jesus of Nazareth was in town, and he's passing by. Now, as the old saying goes, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. You've heard that? Well, that's how Bartimaeus saw this. Like, I got a one in a, in a million chance The the man from Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth, I've heard about the things that he's done. I've been told he, he has got to be the Messiah and he said I've got to somehow get his ear this is my only shot and so he goes for it and when Jesus is passing by he starts yelling Jesus son of David have mercy on me Now I'm saying that pretty quiet I don't want to hurt your ears but he was shouting it loudly and he was being repetitive over and over and over now the crowd tried to do what they tried to shut him up hey hey Zip it hey don 't you know who this is he got time for you? Remember, he was not in the elite class of his society. There was a very much a class system in the ancient world, in every society so he 's to they 're trying to shut him up, but the question is why? why are they trying to shut him up? Um, well, as I told you he 's socially uh, bottom of the food chain. Uh, also, though this fits very much what Mark is trying to say, here's the second time, very recently, that someone is trying to shut somebody else up. That Jesus wants to hear. You know who it was before? It's the children telling the parents, "Hey, shut those kids! Get those kids to be quiet! Don't you know Jesus? The rabbis here, his own disciples, had just got through doing this a few." Chapter, a, couple, a chapter and a half back. Here now, they're trying to shut this guy down. But Bartimaeus would have none of it. He's not buying what they're selling for a moment. He just cranks up the volume. He just turns it wide open. Even though they're trying to, to shut him down. He puts up the volume and he just starts crying out more and more repetitively. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, we don't know much about Bart, and this is what's really interesting. But there's a, he somehow, this blind, lowly beggar, somehow knows that there's a connection with Jesus of Nazareth and the son of David in Messianic prophecy. Now, how does he know that? He's not a rabbi. He doesn't get to go in and and, and sit in with, with, with the um, rabbis of the day. Well, but also, a lot of the Jews were well, they had learned a lot of scripture. And whatever reason, somehow God must have opened this guy's eyes already in a certain sense to be able to see the connection. And he realized this is the one that would, though he would be David's son. There's other scriptures that say he'll be David's Lord. This guy must be the Messiah. And he is just, he, he's, it's amazing the insight he has when most of the religious leaders around him were blind as a bat. Listen to this 2 Samuel um. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm not going to read that. But uh, in Second Samuel seven twelve through thirteen, and in Isaiah nine seven, you remember Isaiah nine seven is the where the, the um, uh, wonder, uh, child is given to us, a wonderful counselor, and, and it goes on to say, and he shall reign. This shall shall reign upon the throne of David forever. Bart got this. Somehow, he knew this was salvation walking right into his lap. All he had to do was not be ignored and he was going to do everything he could to make sure that didn't happen. But Bartimaeus had faith in God's messianic promises. That's the point. We don't know how he got it, but he had faith and trust in God's messianic promise to send a savior all the way back to the seed of the woman that would crush the head of the serpent. The one that was promised to come and be a sacrifice and redeem and atone God's people and their sins and take and bring a new world. That was what Bartimaeus knew. Now, in verse 49 through 52, there's the what we could call the pronouncement, the third element here. Notice the pronouncement that Jesus made to the son of Tiberius. Again, I'm going to re- read that to listen as I read it once more. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. They probably said, well, I don't know why, but he wants, he wants to see you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me receive my sight, recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now there's, there's so, much, so much in there. Now when Jesus heard Bartimaeus' plea, he stops dead in his tracks. He's walking along the road and all of a sudden everybody else stops because Jesus stopped. When Jesus stopped, everybody else stopped. He turns around like, where's that coming from? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Where, where is he? Hey, hey, go find out where that. Bring that guy to me. That's basically what happens. Now he's standing in front of Jesus. Jesus commanded him to be brought and summoned, and the text says he came to Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful language? He came to Jesus. Now, what what is fascinating here? Is as he came to Jesus, he threw off his cloak. Did you hear? Did you read? Hear that? What is that? What's the significance? Was it getting hot in the middle of the day? And he just tossing his cloak off. And said, "Man, I gotta get out. It's too hot." Kind of like preaching in this. Uh, no, no, had no. His cloak was the only thing this guy had in the world. Every earthly possession was all in that cloak. That wherever he went to the next place, he bundled it up, threw it his shoulder. Whatever bit of money he might have gotten or food or whatever everything this was his livelihood and without it he had nothing and yet he tosses it aside like it's garbage there's something very important being told here that's why everyone should do that's what everyone should do when jesus calls you when he's calling you When the invitation to come to Christ, and I'm not talking necessarily to a location, I'm saying when Jesus in the gospel and in the word of God is being preached and proclaimed, you are being called to have faith in him, to believe in the only savior of the world. And the point is, this is what everyone should do that hears Jesus' call. They should throw aside everything that they normally put their hopes and anything that would hinder them. From coming to Jesus. Remember just recently who had a big hindrance in coming to Jesus? Remember the rich young ruler? He ended up what? Walking away. Why? His hindrance, his heavy load of his wealth. He couldn't, he wanted to have sort of Two saviors. He wanted to hang on to this one. Everything he knew and depended on. And when Jesus said, you got to drop that and follow me, he said, can't do it. This guy throws it away. The everything he had, he lets it go to follow Jesus. You see, all Bart wanted to do was to follow him (laughs) he thought this this thing somehow i think bart knew that somehow if jesus was merciful to him his life was going to change and boy did it he didn't need that stuff of the old he let it go he jettisoned it nothing you see um so that, that is just, that to me, there's a hymn, an old hymn uh, that is called uh, Jesus, I Come. And we've done it, uh, I think, a couple times here. Uh, I've, I've asked our musicians to, to get it out again. It's a beautiful, beautiful, but it's about coming to Christ in faith and like this. And this is what, Je- what, what Bartimaeus was doing physically at that point, but it was coming to Jesus. And listen to the first verse of that Jesus, I Come, the old hymn. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus I come, Jesus I come. Into thy freedom, gladness and light, Jesus I come to thee. Out of my sickness and into thy health, out of my wanting and into thy wealth, out of my sin and into thyself. That's what he was doing. Jesus, I come to thee. It's got a lot of other great great verses in there. You see, Jesus asked the beggar at that point. When he got in front of Jesus, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, that should sound familiar. Do you remember? It wasn't long ago when two of Jesus' disciples came to Jesus and asked him, Master, we've got something we'd like to ask you. And he basically said, okay, what do you want me to exact same language? Precise. That was no accident. Mark is trying to show you a contrast that is critical here. He is trying to show you the difference. It sounds familiar because it is. Listen to this contrast. This is the gospel contrast. We also see the gospel of grace in the subtle contrast of James and John with blind Bartimaeus. Both parties, parties, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Yet while James and John requested glory, Bartimaeus requested mercy. They wanted glory. He simply wanted mercy. James and John, though physically seeing, they were spiritually blind at that point. Bartimaeus, though physically blind, was spiritually seeing. He got it. He knew what he had in front of him and who that person was. And in those who know their need, it is, excuse me, it is on those who know their need, not those who assume their superiority, that God pours out mercy that's who God pours out mercy on not the superior but those who know they are needy sinners desperately in need of a Messiah of a Savior now Bartimaeus told Jesus he would of course what he'd like to receive his sight he said I'd like to have my sight Lord now by the way the, the, uh, it's not caught in the NIV, but the word that rabbi here, the, 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 the iteration or version of rabbi here in this text is not really just simple rabbi, it's rabboni. And you know the only other person in the gospel of Mark that used that term speaking to Jesus is Mary Magdalene in the tomb, in the garden she called him rabboni not rabbi it's a much more a term of much more affection and commitment it literally could be rendered lord and master that's how mary magdalene responded that's how this guy bart responded my lord and my master my savior and my god basically he was putting great, great emphasis. he didn't ask for status, he didn't ask for glory, he didn't even ask for delivery from poverty. He didn't have a genie, and if he had with three wishes, he wouldn't have needed any of them but one. Lord, I just want to receive my sight. He simply wanted what was what most people already had, and you know why he wanted it so he could get up and follow Jesus. That's what he wanted. He wanted his sight, not just so that he could see for himself and go watch all the movies in Technicolor or whatever the K4 or whatever it is now. He didn't, that's not why he wanted his sight. He wanted so he could follow Jesus. The one that he knew could take away his sins. And bring him home to God. God. You see, he had sight to see what the disciples could not yet see. What faith. Finally, Jesus makes the pronouncement. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And the text says immediately he received his sight. Instantaneously. Basically, he was blind at the beginning of the pronouncement. And before Jesus was finished, he saw perfectly. 2020 or, or greater, who knows? <laughs> and the text says, immediately. Now, his faith is acknowledged here by Mark as the instrument. But this is important. His faith did not save him. His faith did not heal him. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, healed him. But his faith, as Martin Luther said, becomes the instrument of our justification. It's not the foundation of it or the cause of it, but it shows that their trust is in God. It's a pointer it's an instrument. His faith is an acknowledged instrument, but his faith does not heal. Jesus does. All I said, as I said, all Bart wanted to do is to be able to follow Jesus. He needed his sight for that. Jesus' entourage couldn't wait to carry along a blind man like Bart. And you know, let me, t- let me tell you something. It's been 2,000 years since this happened. But you know what? Nothing has changed in 2,000 years. Nothing. Of course, many things have changed. But I'm saying in regard to what we're talking about this morning, what's going on here in this text, it, nothing has changed. Because the way to salvation is still the same. And there's only one way. And that is through Jesus. And Bart knew it. Nothing has changed in 2,000 years because Jesus still stops for anyone who calls on his name. Call upon the name of the Lord, the New Testament in Acts says, and you will be what? Saved. He still stops when he's walking by and he hears your cry or mine. Mine when I was 17 years old. God, I I don't know everything, but I know that you came for me. Have mercy on me. He still answers those calls as he did for me, as he did for Bart and anyone who will come to him. But you can't come bringing all your other junk with you. You can't come with other things in your hands. You can't hold the gift of life unless you drop everything else to receive a gift so great. Bart understood that. Jesus still stops when people call and the simple formula is the same. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, who's he? He's the one because of all he is and because of all that he did, he's the savior. Son of David, have mercy on me. Who's the me? The sinner. Because of all that I am and because of all that you are and because all of what we've done and haven't done, omission and commission sins, because of all that we're sinners. But Jesus has done all that is necessary to take away that sin. All we have to do is own it and admit it and go in the witness box against ourselves. And then that cry, be merciful to me. Remember the publican? God, be merciful to me. A sinner. It's the same essential cry of faith. However it's worded, however it's said, when the heart is yearning for deliverance only from God that Jesus Christ alone can bring. My friends, such faith is never blind. Such faith is never blind. Amen? Let's pray. Father, Lord, help us to see. Thank you, Lord, that there are many of us within the sound of my voice today, here and other places online that did hear. we had you opened our eyes spiritually to see that you were the only hope of salvation in this world or in any other to come. Father, thank you for opening our eyes, giving us spiritual sight. Thank you for ultimately opening the the eyes of your disciples that were so often spiritually blind. Thank you for giving us a reminder of such faith like Mark. Thank you, son of David, Jesus for having mercy on us. But Father, for any that may not yet have come, let them find this, that simple, simple cry, just like Bartimaeus. All they have to do is call out to you and you will stop and listen, Lord, and heal them and forgive them their sins. We pray, Father, bring many more sons to glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.